the Catholic Channel Sirius XM 129 presents Just Love with your host, Monsignor Kevin Sullivan, Executive Director of Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of New York. Welcome back to Just Love, our weekly conversation about what's going on in the world viewed through the lens of our Catholic social teaching. Just Love. Just love God, just love your neighbor, just love yourself, and our world will be more just and it will be more compassionate. You know, Tom, I I think it's been a while since we kind of teased out a little bit for our listeners why we call this just love. And we kind of play a little bit on the word just, which can mean only love or just as in justice. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we oftentimes use the word charity, which comes from the Latin word caritas. And then we go back a little bit further. We go back to the Greek word, which has no kind of sounding relationship to it, agape, Mm -hmm. which um, is oftentimes used for the special Christian love that we're supposed to act towards each other. And so, but part of love is justice. And so there, when we love people, we give them what is their just due. So mm-hmm. when we say just love, we mean that love fosters the work of justice by trying to make the world fairer for the billions of people who are in the world. And so um, that's ultimately why we use that. And then when we say just like only love, well, we kind of do a little bit of a rift on Jesus, you know, where he says the two greatest commandments, love God, love your neighbor. And well, maybe it's not only love, but love kind of, as he says, sums up all of the law and all of the prophets. So we kind of use the word just love is because, you know, love is about justice. Justice is about love. And if we get a little bit confused about life, it's only about love. Because Jesus says, if you're about love, loving God, loving your neighbor, you get all the law and all the prophets right, that it sums it up. So that's why we kind of use uh, the word just um, just love. We mean it in both of those senses. We're talking about justice, a world which is fairer. And, you know, justice in a sim- simple sense is what people are owed, that they get it. And when we talk about rights, rights are things that people are owed. So, you know, we're owed, you know, work. We're owed a shelter. We're owed a food. Those are basic human rights. They're also human needs. But as Tom, as you often point out, what comes with rights are responsibilities. So when we say we all, you know, are owed things or we have a right to food, that doesn't mean that we have a right in all situations to just stand by idly and expect that food is going to come our way. No, we have a responsibility to act ourselves And we have to exercise those personal responsibilities, 
societal responsibilities. And then there are personal rights and needs. There are societal rights and needs. So it all kind of um, fits together, maybe not always in the clearest of ways, but we try to kind of communicate that by calling our show Just Love. And when we say just love God, just love your neighbor, just love yourself, what we then go back to is the first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis. And when we go back to that, what we learn that there are those three relationships that are in the book of Genesis. And one, there's a relationship with God and God created us. The first person was in relationship with God. And then the creation of the two human beings, man and woman, and they came together as other, but they formed together that first human family. And then we talk about ourselves. And I always use as the image in the first book of the Bible, Genesis, is the notion that when they first were there, they were naked. They Mm -hmm. were so comfortable with themselves that they didn't need anything else. But then after the disobedient act, well, then all of a sudden they became more self-conscious and they didn't want to get close to God because they were naked and stuff like that. And so that's what I kind of use as the as kind of a little bit of the symbol of that third relationship with ourselves. And that's why we say those three relationships warrant love. They warrant love for ourselves, love for another person, other people, and love for God. And so that's if we love in those three relationships, that makes a major contribution to making our world fairer, more compassionate, if we do do all of that. So Tom, I thought I'd kind of do a little bit of that because I don't think we've done that in a while. We so haven't much. We kind of tease out for our listeners. Well, why don't I call it just love? It's kind of a little bit of a of a funny, funny name. Um, so Tom, why don't we go to our first guests? Our first guests are Donnie Emerson and Nancy Emerson, a musician, and they're subject of a recent released film called Dreaming Wild. Actually, it's being released almost as we speak uh, today. So um, Donnie and Nancy Emerson, thank you so much for joining us on Just Love. Hi. Hi. Thank you for having us. Good. Thank you so much. So uh, we can see you on Zoom, but our listeners can't. So maybe they can hear your voices very well, but Maybe you could kind of give our listeners a little bit of a kind of a background, a little bit of a brief history of yourselves, like how you got to the current space and uh, just a little bit of your background, both of you. Okay. You can go ahead and start. Okay. You can start for an instant. Go ahead. Well, is this referring to the movie or just us person, personally? Well, why don't we begin with you personally and then we'll go to the movie. Okay. Well, Donnie and I, we've been uh, married 38 years and we have also been working, playing music together 38 years off and on, but we've been writing songs that long. And uh, that's what we do for work. We do that um, now. We did it in the past. 
We've each had our own projects. Um, you can see he worked with his brother in the past. He still does produce his brother um, sometimes in recordings, just depending. Um, we live in Spokane, Washington, and we have two kids, Alvea, who's 23, and our son, who's 20 years old, Chance Emerson, and they both play music. So, and uh, yeah, we have six cats and a dog. Ah, yeah. so your musical family and an animal family, all put yeah. together. Yeah. Um, uh, Donnie, you want to add anything about your own background? Well, uh, my own background, I mean, where I was raised and everything like that. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, how'd you get to doing what you're doing? How'd you wind up uh, being a musician? Well, I started in night. Oh, gosh. I started in the second grade, actually, which was about, night, I forget what that is, 68, something like that, or, oh. yeah, 68. And, and then all the way up to 1975, I was playing, you know, learning my instruments. By 1976, I was, 77, I was writing full songs and doing different things. You know, obviously the film talks about that. Me, my father and mother building that studio out there for me and, and my brother in 1979. That's how I really became a musician, playing and recording. Great. So, all right. So now let's move over to the film. Um, okay. The film's called Dreaming Wild, and it's kind of coming out pretty much as we speak. Um, yeah. yeah. Congratulations on it coming out. Thank um, you. Okay. Um, so, okay, either one of you, tell us about the film. It's a family. It's a great family film. You know, obviously, I'll tell you. I'll tell you about the film. It was it was filmed in Eastern Washington? Great landscape. Okay, the film has uh, Casey Affleck playing me, um, Walton Goggins playing my brother, Zoe Deschanel playing Nancy, uh, Bo Bridges playing my father. Um, it's a true story. It's about resilience, forgiveness, uh, struggling with the. Two different paradigms from 79 to 2008, a breaking of the record. After 32 years, it was not even heard. Actually goes 2011. Yeah, because there's different scenarios, but it's it's it goes from the 70s to 2011. Yeah, yeah, yeah I kind of yeah. missed that. So, um, so it struggles with those two different paradigms, you know, the time when the record did not get anywhere at all. And 32 years later, it 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 uh, went viral. And uh, how to deal with that? How to struggle with bringing that music to being current to where I was kind of getting ready to do in 2011 and 12 and on, and it was kind of difficult to handle at the time. Um, and it was a self-made studio, you know. My father and my brothers and I built that. Uh, I. Um, and then the equipment and everything was all done, helped by my father. You know, we worked on the farm to earn that, to to pay for all that gear that we needed to do the record. And uh, the rest is history. Now we're doing a major. This is a major film about all that circumstance that happened. Hey, that's a uh, that's a good story. Uh, you got any idea why not much happened with the album um, thirty years ago? Well, I was just talking with my road manager about that. I think a lot of it is because we were isolated. We were isolated. 
and we didn't know what to do. We come from a very small community. It was like 13, there were like 300 people in that whole town and, you know, where we lived and, and, and we had 1700 acres out there and we're farm boys and, and we're loggers and, and just happened to be that I was a songwriter and a multi, multi, uh, uh, I could play multiple instruments and I could write a lot of songs and it was difficult where to go with it. But getting back, why I don't, why it didn't get, make it. It's probably because I, during that particular time period, um, records were done pretty slick. Even back then we call them slick, you know? Right. And I was not, I was, I was like 10 years behind that time period. If you look at the suits and everything with the Elvis in person, that whole thing, I was like literally like 10, 10 years behind that whole time period then. So now it's a little bit different. It's been grasped. The underground has grasped that whole lo-fi vibe. And so we, and we became current. So you kind of stayed the same and the world around changed. Kind of. Yeah. When you kind of think of it that way. Um because the record would not, I don't think it would ever gotten played back then because it was too lo-fi where, 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 where the music business was trying to get better and more slicker sounding. It was behind the times. That makes any sense? Yeah. So did, did you, um, in order for it to kind of now catch on, did you have to redo it or is it exactly the same as it was done 30 years ago? No, it's exactly the same. Wow, it's just been, it's been reissued, and it's exactly the same, and that's what it took off. And a lot of that music that's in the film was old; it has been in many films uh, prior. That's what took off in 2011, all the way up to date right now. So the music took off, and that's what kind of spearheaded this whole thing about the 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 paradigm between the success of it taking off and the past. So and that's why the film was made. Yeah. So it, it, I mean, it's a rock album, uh, and so if for our listeners, if they were thinking about other other musicians who've done rock albums, is there anybody who kind of was a little bit of the person you modeled after, or that you would say your album and that music, you know, is kind of in the same genre as? Is there anybody our listeners might know that they could say, oh, okay, now I understand the type of album it is? Yeah, I, I, I suppose if you listen to Shuggy Otis, someone like that, you could probably grasp onto who I I am. Shuggy Otis wrote for a lot of different people. He wrote for Brothers Johnson. Um, and so he was kind of lo-fi as well. Uh, but uh, he actually made a name for himself. Um, but the record actually has kind of many genres on it. If you really listen to it, it's got ballads, it's got funk and soul. It's got, it's, we call it yacht rock. It's kind of a yacht rock thing. Yeah. And for our listeners, what's the difference between lo-fi and hi-fi? What, what do you mean by lo-fi? Um, more in the analog world. We call it the analog world got it. of a tape. And everything like that. Everything now is all digital, and um, some people say, "Well, you can't hear the difference." Well, I, I, I really believe you can, and I believe then it's also the way you record it. You don't chop it up in lo in lo-fi the way this 
kind of music's done. You got to play all the way from the beginning to the end and have a continuity to the piece of music you're doing. And as it transitions, it has to create a story. So it's, it, and it's, and the miking technique is not all with all these multiple mics. It's more centered around Omni and uh, mono uh, configurations. We're speaking with Donnie and Nancy Emerson, and we're talking about um, the film Dreaming Wild and an album that kind of disappeared for 30 years and then got rediscovered. Um, um, Nancy, did you like making the film? Oh, yeah. I mean, I didn't make it. Bill Polad and Jim Burke, they're both producers, and Bill Polad, um, he's the director and the writer. but they had hired me to do some of the music for the actress who plays me. So all the instrumentation, some of the singing, but then she took care of doing her own singing. Um, and then they hired Donnie and I together to write a song for the film called A Dream is Beautiful. And so it's in the film. It's a song that we wrote alongside Dave Cobb who produced it in Nashville. We went to Nashville. So yeah, I got to, I got to watch a lot of the filming our kids were extras in it and some of their friends were extras in it. And it was, you know, very organized. They had to go to a wardrobe and fill out their paperwork. So they weren't just thrown in there. It was a process. So that was cool. They got to experience it. So we, as a family, we're very tight. Um, we're very about, you know, family values and respect. And so the film company, you know, they weren't sure, Thanks. you know, who we were as a family. You know, can you imagine making a film with a real family and there's a bunch of us and they're filming in Spokane and Hunters and Fruitland and we're all in those areas. Yeah. And I think it worked out really well. We, we six years in the making and we just had breakfast with the director yesterday, you know, in New York City. So whoever think they're filming in Fruitland, Washington, okay. tiny town. And now we're in New York City having breakfast with them. Mm. The night before that, we're doing a screening uh, Q&A with him on a roof of New York. So it's been a great process because we're business people. It's ironic, you know, that we're involved that way more than the making of the film. Ah, that's great. That is, that is great. So two questions. If somebody wanted to get a copy of the album, how would they do it? Well, to get a hold of Light in the Attic Records, because it's a reissue label that handled the record for, for 12 years so far. Um, they would get a hold of Matt Sullivan and the whole crew. He's got a whole crew there that run that record label. And the, the, the you know, um, the Dreaming Wild film soundtrack is being ran through Light in the Attic as well on Spotify. That's being released today, too, is the soundtrack. Ah, Under right. the same name, Dreaming Wild. Yeah. Right. right. And they can get, they can get, uh, the ending credit song there when a dream is beautiful that nancy and i wrote and it's a very positive song i mean it, that's why we wrote it. it's a pg movie the song's extremely positive we wrote it for our story but also for whoever's going to watch the movie or if they haven't seen the movie yet they hear the song it's just an uplifting second chances any you know third fourth chances stay you know about being positive we really thought that song out before we released it to the film um, and we sing on it so that was fun <laughs> and um, and the film itself, it, how widely released is it going to be? Um, it's hitting like 400 theaters the first week. Uh, if it does well, they'll, they'll they'll move it to more theaters. 
It's AMC theaters. Some are regal too. Some are regal, yeah. So we're not real positive. It's just AMC, but they're good yeah. too. But we want everybody to go see it because it's a it's a really great family film. You know, it's about forgiveness and and resilience and and uh, uh, fa- it's just family. You know, it's people go through changes in their lives and and music is the catalyst of it. It's the heart and soul of it, but. It's about it's re- struggles. It's the relationships. Yeah, it's about struggles of getting a second chance and what what do you do with it? You know, when you thought it was left behind, it was when you were a child, and yeah. then you have a new family and you're an adult now. So it's, it's I think a lot of people can relate to certain things about it. We've heard it already from people at the screenings. They're coming up to us, telling us how they've related to it in different aspects. So what do you think? You think it's got a shot at being more popular than Bobby? <laughs> can you be more popular than barbie i still have barbie i mean she's still somewhere in my closet i don't know i just yeah. I don't, you gotta dust off barbie you gotta dust off the dreaming wild album at the same time okay, okay. um good question good question though uh well at least at least you should have high aspirations for the popularity <laughs> of it um, yeah um so listen I, you've been generous with your time Anything that you would like to share with our listeners that I haven't asked you about, feel free to do so. You, you want to see? I just love this this film. I love the process. It's real. Somebody yesterday said it's just so human. Uh, they watched the film. I think they were one of the interviewers that interviewed us. It's just people could relate. Who can't relate? Who can't relate to? For us, it's uh, about you know God and turning to Jesus and prayer and being realistic with if you get angry i mean there's scenes in there donnie and i work together he worked with his brother his whole family worked together our kids have been on the road with us you bump heads you get upset with each other you go through things the good the bad and the ugly and what do you do with it so i think it's a movie i just want everybody to know that when they watch it they're either going to relate to it or they're going to understand if they get into a situation maybe how to handle certain things you know we're not perfect but uh you know, that's why we had Hollywood to kind of make us. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Get Hollywood to make a movie and maybe you'll feel a little bit more, you know, alive. But no, it just, it's it's a real, it's a real true story. And they kept good to it. The writer, Bill Paulette, kept true to it. Yeah. And the actors, too. Great. Donnie, you want to add anything? Uh, it's just that. Be patient with your with your art. Um, don't get so caught up in it that you're the only thing that matters and exists. I suppose just be happy where you're at and 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 keep pursuing it because it is a gift. It's a gift from God, you know. Hang in there and and just enjoy the ride as best you can. Donnie and Nancy Emerson, thank you so much. And hey, thanks for doing the the film. I'm looking forward to seeing it. It sounds like it should be a really, really good film to view, enjoy, reflect upon, and to take with you in learning a little bit more deeply about life. So thank you so much for- Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody. Okay, bye-bye. Donnie Emerson and Nancy Emerson, uh, the subjects of recently released film Dreaming Wild, which I hope all of our listeners will go and look at. Just love. Just love God. Just love your neighbor. Just love yourself. And our world will be more just and more compassionate.
We'll take a break and we'll be back in just a moment on the Catholic Channel, Sirius XM 129. Let's get back to Just Love and your host, Monsignor Kevin Sullivan. Welcome back to Just Love. Just do it. Just love God. Just love your neighbor. Just love yourself. And our world will be more just and it will be more compassionate. We talk about what's going on in the world and we look at those things through the prism of our social, our Catholic social teaching, justice, compassion, the dignity of the human person, the sanctity of human life, the importance of family, the concern for the poor, solidarity across borders, work, the dignity of work, um, and the environment. Those are the values that we think are important when we look at what's going on in the world and we view things through those prisms. Um, in our next segment, we're going to talk about um, summer youth employment program, which deals with kind of families supporting young people in working and young people working to support their families and to support themselves and the opportunity that there is for learning about the world of work. So we're going to do that in our next uh, segment. Hey, Tom, um, from your kind of just a little bit of your perspective, when it comes mm -hmm. to music, what's what types of music do you like? I I, I like rock and roll, Monsignor. I'm a you know growing up. I, I guess uh, I'm I'm probably uh, Nancy 
and Donnie's age. So I guess I'm kind of growing up that way, but I kind of was also like them. I also like um, not just hard rock and not just modern music, you know, uh, I, I I like kind of like the ballads too, so I guess I'm lo-fi. <laughs> I found out I found out today I'm a little bit I'm a little bit lo-fi. Um, I like classical music too. Uh, not a huge fan of rap. Not a huge fan of country. Although there are rap songs and country songs I like, but um, you know. But I would say by and large, mostly you know, pop music, rock music. That would probably be the genres I would listen to most. So, you know, Tom, when he when I asked him what his music might be like and who he might have looked up to, he mentioned a name that I had not been aware of. Yeah. Or matter, Shooty Otis or. Yeah, Shooty. I'm not sure who that is either, although I think it's it's it like uh, I know in, in like listening to a little bit of the songs, I think it would be a little bit like a Hall and Oates almost. If, okay. you, remember, you, if you remember Hall and Oates, kind of like that. Right. Like, uh, you know, kind of like ballads, but it can also get a little pop in the, there, too. That's kind of what they would be like. So I think that like that was when I listened to some of the songs. Uh, that's what they sounded like to me. Right. Um, yeah. So it, it's, it's you know, and it is, you know, pretty in, interesting to me. I mean, they talk sometimes about music being a universal language. And what I'm sometimes amazed of is some of the very, very kind of popular artists who tour internationally, they're touring in countries where obviously a fair number of the people understand English, but there are a lot of people who don't understand English and the American, you know, music artists who are singing in English seem to be very popular in some of those countries. So I guess there is a universality to music, which expends beyond simply the spoken word. Uh, no, I totally agree, Monsignor. And I think if you listen to it, it it's kind of it's it, it's kind of interesting because, uh, you know, when I was uh, younger, my friend Liz used to have, she'd have this jazz brunch she'd put on in her house. So she'd always play French jazz and she'd have French jazz singers. So if you think about it, we didn't know what they were singing, but we right. enjoyed the music. Right, <laughs> right. It was... Um, no, is interesting. Do you have a favorite artist? Uh, favorite? Oh, you know, I like a lot. Of, it's hard to say, like a favorite artist. I'm trying to think of, I'll tell you one thing I did last year, Monsignor, that was really excellent and it, and it was amazing. I went to a concert uh, with Paul McCartney and okay. it was the last time he played. And who and did you, a, you, you and Paul went together. Who was the artist <laughs> at the concert? <laughs> Well, that would be now that would be a story, right? <laughs> say, but no, actually, it was it was Paul McCartney. So he sang the Beatles era, he sang the Wings era, and he uh, also had Bruce Springsteen with him and Bon Jovi. They played too, so they were in the audience. They came up and played. So it was just a, it was one of the most amazing concerts, and uh, and 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 really, it was when I was there with at that concert that you can kind of reminisce and go back through your childhood. And kind of listen to all the music from when I was very small and the Beatles were playing all the way up to to modern times with Bon Jovi and well, at least not modern times for me, Bon Jovi and Bruce Springsteen. It was really special. So that was probably the best concert I've ever been to. Where was it? Uh, at Met. Uh, no, uh, in uh, in Jersey. It was is that MetLife Stadium out in Jersey? Is that what it is? Or I'm trying to think of the name of it. it the former Giant Stadium. OK, 
yeah, okay. it was there. So I would say it was it was it was great. All right. So um, all right. So let's turn now to the summer. We're in the middle of the summer and summer youth employment in New York. Uh, our guest is um, Abena uh, Abankwa, and he is with the Alianza Division of Catholic Charities in New York. Abena, thank you so much for being with us. No problem. Thank you very much for having me. Great. So um, listen, we can see you on Zoom. Our listeners can. So you are now in the Summer Youth Employment Program of Alianza. So give our listeners just a little bit of a background so they can, they kind of have a little sense of the voice that they're hearing over the radio. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, so my name is Abna Abankwa. I'm 18 years old, starting college in the fall. And, you know, um, I've been with SYEP since 2020, since I was 15. And, you know, they've been a really good support system, not just for working and get getting jobs, but also like letting you know about life experiences, resumes, even things that you think that you wouldn't find out from SYEP, but it's really helpful information to know about. So where are you going to go to college in the fall? Um, I'll be going to Lehman College for my prerequisite classes, and then my goal is to later transfer to a bigger school to complete my major courses. So do you have a sense yet of what you want to study? Uh, Yes, I'll be studying, well, my major will be in biology, studying in medicine, because trying to get into med school. Ah, so you want to be a doctor? Yes. Hey, Abema, wonderful. Okay, let me let me ask one more question, and maybe you don't know. Is there a particular um, area of medicine that at the moment is interesting you? Uh, yes, anesthesiology. Woo! How come? Well, I just feel like I've always wanted to be one of the physicians in the surgery room, but... I myself, I know myself, I'm not too good with blood and and, and uh-huh. blood, so anesthesiology was like the perfect fit for me. Okay. So you just wanna you just wanna knock people out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, best of luck to you. So you've been with the Summer Youth Employment Program for a few years now, right? Yes. So can you give our listeners a little bit of a sense of what is the Summer Youth Employment Program and what is it? Okay, well, the Summer Youth Youth Employment Program is basically a six-week program that happens in the summer, which you you can find out about either from your school counselor or from a friend or any, or well, from Catholic Charities Organization. And you're basically selected through a random lottery. So there's no bias or any of that into who gets picked or not. And you're basically either working, you know, in schools, daycare center, recreational center, sometimes um, at a 
market being a cashier it all depends on the the jobs that they have for the summer and what you would like to and where you would like to work for for six weeks and you get paid every two weeks okay good when you work it's good to get paid that's an important part of it yes um so you've been is this your third summer in the program i believe so yes okay so what was your job the first year? What did you do the first year? Do you remember? Uh, yes. I be, well, the very, well, the very first time I was online remote because um, I think it was, tw- it was during 2020 in, in, in COVID time. So I was online. I was part of SUNY North Bronx where we were, um, we, we had a website and we were listening and watching videos and reading up about things and careers in the medical field right specifically on nursing so that was my first time and then my second time I was working at a school as a custodian ah. just cleaning classrooms and all that and okay. this year I'm remote again for Hamilton Grage where we meet once a week on Saturdays okay and what do you do remotely well, re- remotely, this um part, well, this re- remote part that I'm in, we're basically looking at issues in our community that that we would l- later present to the councilman and m- m- mayor and what can be fixed. So my topic are the open hydrants in my neighborhood specifically. So I take videos at like a specific time every day to see how long that they're open for and if it's open on purposely or just by a random person. Okay. Okay. So if you looked at the the program, what have you learned yourself through the your experience about work? Are you a better worker now than you were three years ago? I definitely believe that I'm a better working now then I started I've gained a lot more confidence um I've become more outspoken and in talking to people getting your first job is not always the easiest in speaking up as in you but as time goes on like you'll find the importance of communication talking to them and just know that everyone is basically starting from the same level as you so I've definitely believe I've become a better worker and you know gain a lot more experience. And I guess, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I guess you maybe feel a little bit more confident approaching work now, having done it for a few summers. Yeah. Um, So let me ask you about the program itself. Um, It's a program. There are things about it you like, things about it that you didn't like so much. Um, well, I did like the fact that, well, I'm with Catholic Charities, so, and they were part of, and, and they're connected to my high school, so they were always, like, really close by in the hallway where I could go and talk to them about, oh, when is SYP starting up again, like, what information can I get, and, you know, what pantries that they have open. I couldn't really find something that I didn't like. From my personal experience, everything went smoothly. So, oh well, I'm glad. I'm glad about that. 
And as you mentioned, um, you get paid for the job, right? Yes. Good. So again, let me ask you a little bit. Why was the money getting paid? Why was that important to you? And how did that kind of help you move forward? Well, growing up, like my parents would always be the one buying things for me, getting things for me. So I was never really, I guess the importance that the value of money never really stroked to me until I started working and had to buy things for myself. So the money does come in handy and lets you realize how important it is to save money and value it and buy it for things that you need and not for the things that you want. Of course, so, you know, save some and spend some on you also. Yeah. So let me let me ask you. Wait, now, I know it's not a lot of money that that the job pays, but it does pay some money. Were you able to save any money? Yes, I was definitely able to save. I think I'll say about 50%. Like, I'm not a really big spender, so okay. I was able to save a lot. So what, what, give me one of the things that you did, however, spend the money on, what that you did spend it because you needed it. Um, So I did spend it on getting a new laptop case for Uh, my laptop. Yeah. Okay. And that kind of protects the computer a little bit, right? Yes. Good. All right. Abena, thank you so much for being with us on just love. Is there anything else you'd like to add so our listeners know a little bit more about the Summer Youth Employment Program? Uh, yeah, so basically the Summer Youth Employment Program, it's really a great way to, to get into the work field. I, I would say do it if you want to do it and, you know, you want the money and you and, and if you feel like your parents won't give it to you. It, uh, of course, we're young folks and we want to do it for the money, but you also get to meet new people, make new friends. And SIP starts from the age of 14 all the way through, I believe, 21 to 24. So you can be in it for a long time. And, you know, once you're older and you have like a, like your actual job and you could be doing SIP as like a side job for, you know, pocket money, too, if you want. Abena Alankwa, thank you so much for being with us on Just Love. Thanks for thanks for taking the time. Good luck the rest of the summer and good luck in beginning college in the fall. Thanks for being with us. Thank you very much for, for having me. Great. Um, Tom, I know that the Summer Youth Program has been around for a while and has gone through a different variations. When you were growing up, was there anything similar to the youth employment program that you remember? There, uh, you know, Monsignor, for when I was growing up, I mean, uh, I guess the closest thing to when I was growing up was you would go and when I was a kid, there was uh, the local, like, let's say, um, pools or golf courses or community places would have, you know, they would hire for the summer because, you know, they needed people right. to, you know, right. monitor the pool deck or they need lifeguards and they need things. So we would always go out and, and you know, and it was always great. And it was a wonderful summer job, you know, and and, and as Abena said, 
I mean, it was a wonderful way to sort of understand the value of money, right? Because, you know, so often it was like, uh, you know, I mean, like she said, you go to your parents and you ask for money you, and you either get money or don't get money, right? But then when you start paying for things yourself, I remember being 16 and thinking, wow, you know, like if you go to the store for a shirt, that's expensive, you know? <laughs> so when you start paying for yourself, you start to realize how much things cost. So, so I worked for many years uh, at the local pool um, and I started in the uh, snack bar. And I worked my way up. I got, uh, I, I got my, uh, you know, I got my my life saving license, so I was able to be a lifeguard a couple of years. Probably not a good idea. Now that I'm the age I am, Muncie is. I think you're, you know, you would kind of, you know, people can't see me, but I'm pretty fair. So probably that wasn't the best thing for me to be. <laughs> so I think that's what the story is. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it, yeah. So the summer youth employment um really is a great program in new york city and because a lot of kids in our um you know lower income neighborhoods they don't have connections mm -hmm. to you know where you could get an internship or maybe somebody's company is hiring somebody for the summer to do some additional work or stuff like that that nature and so this does provide the opportunity for kids who would be sitting around doing nothing to have a work experience. And I think it has two very, very positive aspects to it. One is because most of the families in which the kids are hired are struggling. You know, mm -hmm. they're making ends meet, but there's not a, little, a lot of extra stuff. So even this amount of money, as um, <clears throat> Abena said, you know, she now can buy some of the things uh, for herself that, you know, would have come out of the family income, which maybe would have come out of food or other other things, so that it um, it really helps the family uh, family in that way. And the other thing is, it does provide, <clears throat> you know, the first entry into what work means. You have mm -hmm. to show up. You get a paycheck. You have to be on time, et cetera, et cetera. And that, those are what they sometimes call soft skills, but they are necessary in whatever kind of work you're going to, you know, going to go to. So exactly. it's a it's a good opportunity for you know a lot of people to. Um, uh, get that first chance at at working. So it mm -hmm. it's a, it is a good um, good thing. So um, you know, and usually every year we go back and forth as to how many jobs are going to be available. And New York City has been pretty generous as a whole in making sure that many many thousands of young people do have some summer employment. So. Uh, Tom, I think it's time for us to take a break. We'll say just love, just love God, just love your neighbor, just love yourself, and our world will be more just and it will be more compassionate. We'll be back in just a moment in the Catholic Channel, Sirius XM 129.
Just do it. Just love. Just check out Monsignor Kevin Sullivan, who's here right now. Take it away, Monsignor. Welcome back to Just Love. This is our weekly conversation about what's going on in the world from the perspective of our Catholic social teaching. Just love God, just love your neighbor, just love yourself, and the world that we live in would be far more compassionate, and it would be far more just. Um, so, uh, so, so, Tom, summer is also a summertime of movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, everybody is talking about Bobby and Oppenheimer <laughs> in our show um, last week. We talked about uh, the nuclear test and Oppenheimer, not the movie itself. Have you seen any of those movies? I have seen Barbie, Monsignor. I still have to see Oppenheimer, but that's on my to-do list. So like ice cream. (laughs) So did you like Barbie? I did. I did. I thought it was, it was a really fun movie. Um, I, I, I really, you know, I went in with not too many expectations. I didn't, I didn't, I purposely didn't read any of the reviews. So I just kind of went in and let it kind of wash over me. I did wear pink though to the theater monsignor. I have these oh. pink shorts. I wouldn't wear anywhere else, but I figured I could wear it to Barbie, which I did. Okay. <laughs> I I obviously um pink was the color of Barbie. Now I saw Barbie also. And you know, maybe our listeners are saying, does this have anything to do with Catholic social teaching? <laughs> um, and the answer to the question is absolutely, mm-hmm. because it was a it was a fun movie because it was just complete suspension of reality. It was um, kind of a little bit of a spoof. It was a parody in a lot of different ways. But one of the underlining themes of it was kind of um, equality, mm-hmm. discrimination, fairness, those type of things. And again as movies oftentimes do, played out in a very kind of maybe exaggerated fashion about, you know, female domination, male domination, discrimination, contrasting two different kinds of worlds, which, you know, did cause a certain amount of reflection on certain things, even in the midst of the surrealism and the kind of fantasy nature of what was was going on so it was um so i think there is a lot to it i think there's absolutely no reason tom and we'll quote somebody who both of us know um who passed away great person in the world of catholic social uh action and organizing harry fagan he says the world doesn't need grim (laughs) do-gooders exactly so having said that um you know, we can reflect on some of the social justice themes while still having fun, expanding one's, um, got a little bit of one's realism in the world. So uh, anyway, so it was, um, uh, I thought that was uh, good. Do you plan on seeing Oppenheimer? I do, Monsignor. You know, that was, you know, it's funny. The, the first week I went out and I wanted to see both and they were both sold out. So I was amazed. It was like, I went to go see Oppenheimer first. Oppenheimer was sold out. So I said, I'll go see Barbie. Barbie was sold out. 
So I went and and I did go see Barbie the second week with some friends. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna try and see Oppenheimer this weekend if I can okay. and see it. Yeah, right. I, I I think it's an important movie to see. I think it is, and I think, um, you know, it is. And again, and I'll, I'll say a little bit, and I think I share this with our our listeners. Um, unfortunately, in the world that we live in, it's so divided. A lot of ideology. Everybody has reformed opinions. And I am great with people making judgments, having opinions. But I do think it's important to let the facts and the reality come first and then say, okay, what do they mean? How do I want to act on them, et cetera, et cetera. So one might reach a conclusion that, um, as as our guest last week, you know, boy, the way that they did that test and the way that they treated the community around there was really bad. But still appreciating everything that went into it doesn't mean that you then can't reach a judgment, but you should at least let the facts and the reality play itself out and then overlay the values and the judgments that you want to uh, bring to you know, bring to bear on that. So for that reason, I thought Oppenheim was good. Uh, and it, it was very, very well done. You know, again, I would say to our listeners, um, as we, you know, are around the time of the dropping of the uh, nuclear bomb, the anniversary of that in August of 1945, let's remember that we need to be prayers for peace. We need to also be workers for peace in the actions we take. The world is violent. There are wars. There are incredible sufferings. We need to be instruments of peace, of justice, and compassion. So just love God, just love your neighbor, just love yourself. And our world will be more just, and it will be more compassionate. Join us again next week on the Catholic Channel, Sirius XM 129. Listening to the Catholic Channel, Sirius XM 129.